Hello and welcome to the Raising Men Show. I'm one of your hosts, Craig Carlisle. Christmas edition right here at WKBY 1080 AM. Remnant Media and all of our affiliates, we appreciate you all for staying with us and riding with us. I'm in the studio by myself today. My sons are still doing that Christmas thing and doing all the things that they would want to do and move around. And it's really not all the things they want to do. It's really... It got really congested and really busy to be completely transparent and school's still going, some sports are still going and it just got to be busy. But I didn't want to let this Christmas season go by. I didn't want to let this pre, what do you say, pre-Christmas opportunity go by. I've, I've been blessed to be on the air the last several years, either on Christmas Day or just before. And I figured, you know what, there's a parent out there like me that could use some words of encouragement use them just use something to remind them of what this is all about because we haven't all been in that great place in our life we haven't all been in that right spot where it's all right all the time where it just just there's just some moments when you just need a an encouraging word or you just need a smile or you know let's be real sometimes you just need a hug to from someone that it's not judging you or just doesn't want something from you. They just want to make sure that you're all right. So today, you know, I'm going to do my best to make sure that that's a kind of encouraging word I can leave for someone who's looking for something that needs something in this holiday season. Maybe it's a parent that just, I don't know, you just can't find that right gift or that right card or the right sentiment to let your kids know exactly what you're thinking and Maybe you're trying to get your kids to understand what the true meaning of Christmas is, or maybe you try to drive that point home, or maybe you have just no point at all. But the topic of today's show or episode or message is the greatest gift. As a parent, I'm, there's been many years I haven't bought Christmas gifts either because we didn't, we haven't had money, or I just chose not to, or I would bought something as a family that we could do together. Sometimes I just bought gifts just because and just to substitute for the interaction. But all of this back into the year, I've been spending a lot of time being really, really, really thankful to the Lord for where he's brought us from and where he's brought us to. I'm thankful for the fact that the light is coming on for some of my boys or maybe all of them in some capacity or another, some some amount of brightness with each passing day. Sometimes the light's off and you kind of go, what in the world? But then there's some moments when the, the light is really coming on for some and they're staying on for others and, it, and, the, and their whole mindset is shifting and that's what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for the gift of wisdom and discernment. I, I, I'm thankful for just the opportunity to reel back and look back and not look back over my past and wish I were there. Because there's some moments in my life, I don't know, I don't want to go back there. There's no place. I've spoken several times on air about looking back over our lives, longing to be there. Those who, you know, who do follow the Bible and, and look in the Word, there's, you know, we, we look at Sodom and Gomorrah where when they were told to leave, they were told not to look back. There's nothing to look back there. Lot's wife chose to look back 
but she, but when she looked back, she wishes she wished or longed to be there where they were, where they were coming from. I don't want to go there. Now, granted, people are saying, "Well, the guy's a widow. He doesn't wish. He doesn't wish to be back with his wife and married again." You know, I'm not trying to say it that way. I'm just trying to say that there's nothing behind us that could come ahead of us to be of any value to us. And that's the thing. The greatest gift that we can give our kids, that we can give ourselves, is our future. Is a hope. Is a vision of what tomorrow can bring. Not what tomorrow can look like, but what tomorrow can bring. What's a part of God's plan for our life that he can bring, that he can do, that he can make important for us to want to continue to get up off the bed or the floor, depending on where you're living in, or off the car seat if you're living in the back of your car, or, 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 or get up off that car concrete or ground or turf or whatever you're laying on under a bridge or out in a park. I had the reminder that whatever we're going through could be so much worse than what we're going through right now. And one of the greatest gifts is that reminder that it could always be worse for us. I work at a a place doing customer support for an electronics company. And some of our team, you know, we we work all across the country. Not the country, sorry. We work all across the world. And a part of our team works in an area that was hit by a typhoon. And I and I remember another friend of mine, he would he shared these stories of how he grew up on a dirt floor with a corrugated aluminum roof and walls. And I used to hear him tell these stories and I would night and I look at him now and I, I didn't know him then when he when he lived in such a condition. And I thought there's no way in the world this dude actually lived this way. There's no, there's no way I can believe that from where he'd come from to where he is right now, he doesn't he doesn't look like he lived on a dirt floor or, 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 or in a place that when the typhoons would hit and it would tear the roof off of his place and the water would come rushing in and he'd be able to stand ankle deep in water and in some cases watching your favorite stuff or some of your stuff or whatever your stuff was float away. I wanted to believe it wasn't true. I didn't want to I didn't want to put my friend in that kind of space where that was his everyday reality. A couple of my coworkers they lived in an area where the typhoon had come through and they were evacuated from their homes and they were without power, without internet and some people go, "Oh my gosh, be without power, ooh, but, but be without the internet? Oh my gosh, that, that's a, definitely a national tragedy. There's someone better bring in the National Guard, the Army, better call someone. But these people were displaced as well. Some of them had an infant, a couple months old. Some of, them, some of them even had older children. One set was a newlywed couple. I mean, they were only married, I think maybe I don't know, three, four months. But still, I can imagine even gifts 
under the tree. I mean, you understand, this is, this is four days before Christmas now. And these people are, some of them are just returning to their homes. And some of them still don't have power. Some of them still have areas inside of their home that they need to clean up, as well as outside of their home that need to clean up. And these aren't people that I know of that happen to live with a corrugated aluminum roof. These are people that lived in, as far as I know, a home, but I don't know what they live in. In fact, I was chatting with one guy on Saturday. I asked him, hey, how is everything going? And Are you better now? Is it, is it getting drier? Is the sun coming out tomorrow? We you know, like the old Annie song for those who were way back in the day. His response to me was, we're safe. He didn't say his house was still there. He didn't say his house wasn't still full of water. He didn't say that he still had cleanup to do. He didn't even say that they hadn't lost anything. He just said that we were safe. For far too long, we've taken for granted safety because we've equated safety with finance, equated safety with a gift, the, the gift of a present instead of being present. And that's not a fancy saying that I've coined at all. Look at Craig, that's quotable. No, I mean, if you want to post it, post it. Well, that's fine. Do you think? But I'm not the one that coined the phrase. That was somebody else. That's something I read. That's something I'm trying to learn to do. That's something we all need to learn to do. Let's be present. And I think that's also the greatest gift. And, and I've mentioned several different gifts along the way in, in, in this episode. Go back and play it back yourself or looking on our, on our Remnant Media site and Look at RaisingMen.org and see where those are. And if you want to listen to those, play it back. Yeah. There's several things that are gifts to us that the Lord has given to us to give away, which is our time, our talents, and our treasures. Yes, but so often we, we give the treasure away in response to or in replacement for our time and our presence, which is really what our kids want is our presence, our being present in the moment, our being not just physically there in the room, but mentally and emotionally and spiritually in the room with them at the same time, whether you're playing a game that they like to t- on, on video or playing a board game, or you just sit there watching, binge watching a show. It may not even be a show that you like, but if you know the love languages of, of love language of one of your children or your spouse or a person that you love is and in, in, in if it's quality time, you've got to give that present to them with your presence for them and with them so they understand what they need, that you really value them. I'm raising five sons, five young men. And I tell you what, I never, I don't want to say never, because I'm sure we all, I'm sure I've taken taken for granted those times and but I don't want to take for granted anymore the time spent. And I'm not saying I'm the best dad in the world. No, far from it. I think I got a, I think on a scale of one to 10, I think I'm about a three in terms of a dad. Because there's so much more I want to do and need to do and time I need to spend because there's some lost years that you'll never get back. There's lost moments we'll never get back. There's presents that we were never able to give that we can never give back. Or get back or go purchase and give to them in the future because some of that stuff was just junk anyway. Our love isn't stamped by Mattel or Nintendo or Sega or whatever is the fancy game right now. 
plays those fancy games or makes these fancy games or or, or, or on the clothing doesn't have a label on it. I'm into making apparel now. It's a, I don't even want to say it's a hobby at all or side hustle. I'm doing it now because I need my kids to be able to represent, show visibly that they represent something. One of the greatest gifts I'm trying to give my kids is a sense of themselves, a love for God, discernment, you know, I can't give them discernment, I can, but I can point them towards the Lord and ask them to ask the Lord for discernment, wisdom, knowledge, understanding. As a father, I can bless them with discernment. I can bless them with favor from the Lord. I can bless them with an open need for God or desire for God. So I can bless that upon them, but they've got to take advantage of that themselves and, and follow after the way. But what I can also bless them with is a lifestyle that shows them how a man lives. How a man loves God, how a man shows his faith and belief in God, how a man is to act and treat women, how a man treats other men, how a man responds to people who mistreat him. Now, there's some time when you get mistreated that you can just walk away. It's okay, I got you. But there's sometimes when you're mistreated that I got you and you have to take action. Those are the things I'm trying to give my sons as a gift in their life. Help them with a common sense. They understand what to do next, what not to do next, how to do what they should do, how they should listen, how the Lord speaks to them. is one of the greatest gifts as a father. We can teach our sons or children in general, but you're going to have sons. Teach them how to know what the voice of the Lord sounds like so they know beyond a shadow of knowing that when questions and doubts come, you know, it's not just that pizza or the, if you're lactose intolerant, it's just not you had some cheese or some dairy and that was your stomach that took over. Or the other parts of you that took over. You have to be able to understand what this really looks like. You have to really understand what God's voice sounds like. So when the enemy kicks in or your own voice kicks in and you know it's wrong, it's telling you something negative, it's telling you something so contrary it's when it's telling you don't do the thing that you know you're already supposed to do. Like even with today, it's it's early on the West Coast today. I'm, I'm up recording this morning, this broadcast on air later today. There was a large part of me that, yeah, I just want to stay in the bed and rest and don't do nothing and get some sleep and be able to prepare for the day. But then there was a part of me that already knew. Go to bed, get up in the morning, record, send it off. I was like, I was trying to make every excuse I could. All right, no, 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 Lord, I, I won't do it today. You know, I've done it every year. I've done one every year, but I want the Lord to be able to trust me with a small thing. Yeah, I would say this show is currently a small thing. It's something, I have no idea who's listening. I've talked to Pastor Larry several times at WKBY 1080 AM. Even when I got ready to get off air years ago, I was like, you know, nobody's listening. No one cares. Who cares whether I do this show or not? Ah, I was frustrated because I didn't have that response to my call and I didn't know what else to do. It just became tiresome and a, and a labor, not of love anymore, but it's just labor of frustration. But I know the Bible talks about, and it says, don't be weary in well-doing, in well-doing. 
And I know that the scripture does finish off that and those who know it, read it, finish it off. But I can't get tired of doing good. I can't get tired of doing what the Lord tells me to do. I can't get tired of hearing the, the voice of the Lord. Or, okay, those who get super spiritual, the voice of the Lord, okay, Holy Spirit, okay. I can't get tired of the Holy Spirit speaking to me and me not following because that becomes a point where I become the God over God. When I use my free will to no longer be a co-creator with Christ, means I'm no longer creating with him, I'm creating in spite of him, I'm creating without him. Yeah, Moses did it, he struck the rock, but he missed the promised land. That's that's the part that we're not really catching a lot of time when we read the story of, of Moses and him leading the children of Israel out of Egypt and into the promised land. We we all want to raw and scream and shout and fall under the anointing and, oh, look at Moses, he parted the Red Sea and, oh, look at all these people who got the man of them heaven. Moses could see God he may have had several burning bush experiences with God. We may have had several of our own version of a burning bush or a talking toaster or talking something, hearing a voice other than ours or hearing someone call our, a name that was for us that wasn't our name because we knew it was something that the Lord was trying to get a point over to us. We know the voice of the Lord in so many cases, but when we stop and choose to listen to our own voice instead of the voice of the Lord, that's a problem. That's when we miss our promised land. And in Moses' case, it wasn't just that Moses missed the promised land, but there was two and a half generations that missed as well. I don't want to be the one that misses. And I, and most of all, I don't want to be the one that causes someone else to miss. I don't want my five sons to miss the promised land because I chose to be disobedient. That's not a gift of disobedience I want to give. I, that's not a gift I want to have wrapped up in the, with a fat, nasty bow and a shiny package. I want my kids to know to do the hard things and the things and in, in serve God in season and out of season. That's what that means to be up early in the morning, pressing towards the mark of the high calling or, okay, let's not be super spiritual. That's what it means to get up and do things when you don't really want to do it. Up at four o'clock in the morning, recording broadcasts, up at three or four or five o'clock in the morning, writing down dreams, four or five o'clock in the morning, helping someone else get to school, ironing clothes, making breakfast, up early in the morning or up morning and late at night finishing homework so you can make a better life for your children and for your family. That's what that looks like. When you don't understand how you're going to pay rent or tuition or gas for the car, when you've continued to be faithful to the Lord to do the things that you know you were supposed to do, the Lord continues to put that ram in the bush. Okay, let's be let's put that make the, let's make sure we understand what, what a ram in the bush looks like for those who are not super churched and super spiritual. When when you need something from the Lord, when you need a blessing, and you know you've been following after God, listening to his voice, doing what he said in in season and out season, when you're tired and when you're woke, when you don't want to do it and when you do. The Lord provides for you to make sure that you continue to feel motivated and be reminded that he's still there listening. When you didn't understand how your kids survived that car accident, when you don't understand 
how your kid made it home. When you don't understand how you made it home. Riding on tires with holes in them. Riding on car, riding in a car with no brakes. Riding in a vehicle where they told you that your whole tire is just falling off. It's gonna, what should have fallen off, but hasn't. Because you've been driving it on your commute daily for work, back and forth, back and forth. When you know your electricity should have been shut off, it wasn't. When someone slips you some money in your hand, something soft that folds. When you find some extra money in your pay, in your, in your pay envelope, as you say back in the day, right? So a, a direct deposit was more than you expected. Money was returned back to you that you were not expecting, that, that should never have been taken away. Even if it was, should have been taken away that by some not doing of your own. I said not doing, something you didn't do. But to come back on the right time just when you needed it the most. That's when the Lord is stepping in on your behalf because you haven't given up, because you haven't decided to, to be like the man at the at the pool of Bethesda when he laid down there, just totally he was he couldn't move, and so he couldn't get near the water, but he didn't he had nothing but excuses for Jesus when he came to him and says, Hey, do you want to be healed? Oh Lord Jesus, I'm sir, great master. I, I, I wish I could be this. I, I can't be because I got this problem, this problem. There's no one to put me in the water. When none of the answers that that man was giving Jesus had anything to do with the question that Jesus asked. Jesus didn't ask him, do you want me to put you in the water? Because Jesus could have just easily rolled him in the water, could have kicked him in the water. But Jesus had the power and the man didn't have a belief system, so he didn't understand well, let me let me roll that back. So I'll cancel those words that the kid didn't have a belief system because the man did have a belief system. The man believed that since there was no one to put him in the water, he believed he would never get healed. And this, and I know I've I've done messages before and I've done talks before when the Lord reminded me that we have such a greater belief in the I God of I can't than in the God of I am. And so if we ever get that understanding that. The God of I am is so far greater than, well, it is greater than everything, but if we could just get the I can't out of our vocabulary, out of our mind, that in itself would be one of the greatest gifts that we could ever receive and then give our bloodline in our generation. Because as a parent, as a father, when we put things in our bloodline, let's, let's, let's put it as, some folks say DNA. So if DNA helps you, then fine, take that. And some people think, well, my kids are grown. What do I already have in my DNA? That they they're grown. They're 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 out of the mother's womb. I can't put anything else in in their DNA. But yeah, you can because when you choose to be a nobody, when you choose to live quietly below your stature, I'm not talking about a social stature, but I'm saying when you choose to live beyond. And below what the Lord told you to do, what the Lord has for you to do, and what you should be doing, then you are living in a point where you're putting things into your bloodline, into your spiritual bloodline, into your spiritual case, so to speak, that speaks against who you are and who God created you to be. So when your children's children's children need something from the Lord, the enemy has already got that much evidence against them saying, no, their father's father's father was a a fraidy cat. He didn't have any faith in the Lord. He was a drunk. He was a womanizer. He he gave up on God. He he decided not to use the gift that the Lord gave him, that you gave him, God, to be a, a, a faithful man, a truthful man, to stand there and not be flashing. And, and all those things 
They gave him a way to become a drug addict and a drunk and a womanizer and just not responsible at all. So that turns another generation or two or three into the same type of thing. And then that spreads like wildfire because so many of our fathers are absent from the home. And so we're trying to fight against that spirit of, of lack and the spirit of death in these homes and in the in the minds of these young men and women because they don't have a man in the house. They don't have an, a view and understanding of what a good man or a man, godly man, should even look like. So they have to try to be both man and woman in the same house at the same time. And when you have a young boy in the house, young young man in the house trying to figure out what am I supposed to look like because I have no role model, but then I got to go figure it out on my own because either the street's going to tell me or I'm going to try to be both man and woman in my house at the same time. And then I got to choose at some point which of the two I'm going to really be. And no one needs to, you know, get the alphabet soup group on me and talk about, oh, you, you know, you, you, you feel some kind of way about those that are of the alternative lifestyle. No, I'm not, that's not what I'm saying because that was spoken about in the Bible a long time ago that, that men would become lovers of themselves and women become lovers of themselves. And so that was, that was spoken of in the Bible. So we knew that that, that that curse and that prophetic word had already come because that was already in the world as a point to, dis, to divide us as a people and separate us from the assignment and separate us from God that he has, or sorry, let's just say it right, to separate us from the assignment that the Lord has for each one of us. So we already knew all that. What I'm saying is, since we've chosen to put our hands down and not do what the Lord has for us to do and pick up the things that he would have us to pick up, our children's children's children live that legacy and they live that gift of negativity. They live, they live that gift of lack. They live that gift of from the ghost of Christmas past. But I hope the rest of us who've ever read or listened to that whole story from Ebenezer Scrooge, not from him, about, about Ebenezer Scrooge, that talks about the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future. That I hope that the ghost of your of your Christmas present is going to show you where you are. I, I, that's one thing I bless you with is with the opportunity for the Lord to speak to you so clearly that you have a clear understanding as to where you are in this particular Christmas season because some of us won't see next Christmas. This may be the last Christmas that a lot of us ever see. And this may be the last Christmas that some of you may see from somebody else. So I hope I, I bless you with the understanding, with the disturbance, discernment, and a revelation as to where the Lord will want you to be and what your Christmas actually looks like good, bad, or indifferent. I bless you with a ghost of Christmas future where you would actually be able to see once and for all, not just see where the Lord is taking you or what he wants from you, but I bless you to be able to be able to get an understanding and, and to be able to reach that goal and be able to move forward with that fire and that passion to say, Lord, I, I don't want what I had in my, my past Christmas is years gone, and I understand the mess ups that I've done right now in my in my present Christmas 
because I want my Christmas future to be that and so much more. I want it to be so much greater. So I want that greatest gift right now that you could possibly give me, Lord, which is that faith, that refreshing, that renewal, that excitement that you would have for me to continue to move to get that negativity out of my bloodline and out of my family's bloodline. Yeah, that's what I want right there. And that's what I want for each and every one of you. Thank you for listening to The Raising Men Show. I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. We'll be back next week with my sons, Lord willing.